You're listening to the Flame Central Podcast, your home for Liberty University Athletics. Everyone get on the duck boat. It is all aboard the DeMario Douglas duck boat tour. Duck, a, duck, boat. duck boats thing. are things in Boston. We have, see, see this is what Boston uh, championship. We're going to regret Demario uh, being drafted by the Patriots because Emily no. now will only keep talking She's about you know ride what? this was in Boston. Yeah, oh, I went back. Let me tell you about <laughs> how it works in Boston. <laughs> I went yeah. back to Boston yeah. and me and Robert Kraft went out and he <laughs> took me on the <laughs> field. Yeah, yeah. That never happened. Yeah. <laughs> hey, what are you yeah. talking about? Fuck your car. We'll go to the garden. Let's go watch another championship. that? Okay. Um, okay, yes, I'm excited. The the Patriots, and more importantly, Demario Douglas is like make, raising some eyebrows and, and making some you know big time projections from some media members all across the Twitter land. So we will yep. discuss that with Nesson, New England Sports Network. Nesson, um, sports reporter Zach Cox here in a little bit. Can't wait. Gives us some great insight about Demario Douglas and and you know why there are why there is like that all that hype surrounding uh, the six-round rookie. Unfortunately, Joe Yock did not make that interview. Joe Yock didn't make that That's interview. okay. That's it's okay. You know I what? Some, had, Zach was good enough. It kind of made yeah. up for it. It really yeah. did. Yeah, he was yeah. solid. Yeah. He would have probably Prior take... obligations yeah. that take Listen, care of. Listen, it's, it's really not easy powering <laughs> the Flame Central podcast. Yeah. Sometimes like, you got to be Somebody's got to be on the engine. Actually, Somebody's yeah. got to right. be on the engine right. making this thing chug, Joe baby. was powering. So hey, I was powering. You could have been running the duck boat, but you were running your business. I was powering. He powering. Us, this though. is the Flame Central <laughs> podcast powered yes. by Alcova Mortgage, thanks to Joe Yock. Um, so we'll get to that interview on Demario Douglas yeah. in just a moment. Unfortunately, we want to start with um, some sad news that we talked about last week, the death of Taj Boyd and how it's really made an impact on this football program the last few weeks. And, you know, you know that's the most important thing. Football Certainly. comes second. But we don't really have much to report from the Flames fall camp. Uh, it was closed all week due to uh, Boyd's death, unexpected death. So, yeah, uh, it, it's, it, a, it's tough a tough situation, obviously, for everyone involved. And I thought uh, Jamie Chadwell did a really good job in his press conference on Friday. Mm-hmm. If you haven't listened to that, you can listen to it here on, on the Liberty Flames YouTube channel. But that balance of you're trying to take time, you're trying to take time to grieve, you're trying to help your players in every way you can. As a coach, you're also what this is what you do, right? And so that you see the clock ticking, knowing that September 2nd is still coming. We still need to prepare these guys for that, mm-hmm. but we also need to do it in a way that is sympathetic and in a way that realizes there are going to be tough days. There are going to be days where it's hard to practice. Other days, maybe that routine and that, that grind of a football season is a welcome thing, uh, but trying to kind of walk that line. And the one thing he said that I thought was really good was he said, coming out of this, he hopes that this team is able to kind of create a bond that mm-hmm. that is more than just not not even talking wins and losses on the field, whatever. But he's like, hopefully this team's able to forge something together, a brotherhood that like for the rest of their life, they're going to be able to lean on these guys having gone through something so hard, something so tragic, having gone through it together, mm-hmm. that they're gonna create a brotherhood that that for the rest of their life they're gonna have. Yeah, and I think also it's like you know, obviously with the family, you just feel so, it's so heartbreaking to go through. And it's it's become, you know, such an issue that young men, people, the things that they have to deal with. And like you said, this is a, this is a, a, a great 
a learning experience also for the coaching staff, the young men, to be really in tune. And I think this is where Coach Chadwell already really tries to do this, but will even take it deeper with his coaches, is just be really in tune with your player's life, not just as a football player, but yeah. also as a human being. And uh, and I think, like you said, the, there are as tragic, awful, it's like is, you know, you really hope and pray that, you know, obviously Liberty will do something that, that creates a silver lining mm -hmm. for the situation and to be able to have the open door policy as coaches and, you know, the spiritual mentorship that's that's right. here at Liberty um, to be able to, to be able to help these kids that that can be struggling with with some different areas of their life. And an important thing, one of the questions said um, was asked about like, is football like, is this a good time to have football? You know, so the guys have that escape, you know, that kind of. Um, I don't know, just to kind of get away. Yeah, right. But and and Coach Chadwell was saying how, yeah, to an extent, you know, yeah. like helps. But then you know there might be memories. But I do think that you're right. They're going to come together regardless of the the record at the end of the year uh, and rely on each other and, and build a bond. And and Chadwell said as well, like he's using this as a chance. He's like he's going to specific players, leaders on this team, and they're kind of being like, hey. Today's gonna, might be tough. You know what? They're kind of helping him understand too, like, because yeah. it's not, you know, as a coach, you have a standard, you meet the standard. If you don't, you're going to hear about it. Yeah, yeah, that's the way, you know, that's the way it is. Obviously, this is a unique situation, and he's really leaning on some of those leaders within the team to be like, hey, man, like, you know, this guy's really struggling. Yeah, and that's, or, what, and that's, yeah. what, that's what a good coach does. Yeah, and it's hard for him too because you have to understand he's been here for spring practice. Yeah. You know, they just started fall camp. It's like he's just starting to figure out who the players really are and how to connect with them. And so it's an extremely difficult situation. Like you said, that's, it is important to have guys that have been around for a while, guys that, that know the guys mm -hmm. on, hey, you, to understand, you know, how, how you may want to deal with some situa situations differently because it is obviously very unique. And he was right. There is no playbook on grief no, or yeah, how to no. handle these situations. No. But as difficult as it's been, I think that this uh, he and this coaching staff has done really, really well to, to guide and, and lead these young players during a tough time. Um, so moving forward, you know, this week practice, I believe, is back open. Yep. We'll hear from some of the assistant coaches. So next week we should have a little bit more information on the football side of things for the Flames as they get closer and closer to that Bowling also, Green opener. we're just a couple weeks away from the Flames fantasy draft. Oh. oh so man. this week is huge in terms of gathering yeah, got, information. It's, it's information gathering. This and is, then next, I think next week we're doing the draft. So you we'll, know what my so, focus yeah. is this week? It's What's not going that? to be watching the players on the field. It's going to be who is my DMing inside source. all the assistant coaches. Yeah, and, yeah. and really yeah. trying to figure out like That's what it will more be. details. Because I've done that in the past, and those were the years I've won. Have you? I don't have think I've ever won. You won last year. Did you win last year? I have no idea. I lose Remember track. Remember I had that I massive won. lead? Yeah. I had a massive and lead. I think you and then all of your players people, got injured. People put <laughs> Falcons in the Super Bowl. Joey Ock, yes. Flames Fantasy, has two of the greatest collapses in sports history. <laughs> yeah. One happened against okay, New England. Okay, yeah. another, another news is the JPL starting back up. Tomorrow night. Okay, good. Oh, boy. We'll have, we'll have reports about that, that, too. We'll give you oh, a full man. breakdown I didn't think that. that was making the A block. I, I didn't yeah. know it was making the A block <laughs> yeah. either. No one yeah. produces this thing yeah. around here. Um, <laughs> all right, anything else we want to get to before we we shift gears to there the There are games this week in Liberty Athletics. So, oh. Oh, so you talk right. about like actually today really? we have two exhibitions today. Yep. Field hockey, one o'clock. By the time you hear yeah, this, that's be probably over. Yeah, they'll be working on pack line defense. That's oh, right. Yeah. That's right. We've got a story working yeah. on that as well. You know, and I shocked you guys. You did. You I shocked. shocked the you world. shocked. Did you Coke. see the yeah. cheese I cut? 
You yes. shocked Co yes, Coach Nikki. She yes. was like, "Who's who yes. leaked this?" To you? See, you guys don't underestimate Yacht Talk. You need baby. to DM and like don't to figure this stuff out. You're stealing my strategy. Yeah. That is, I, I can't even tell you how many people one um, reached out about. I need more information on this. Well, they're Matt getting Warner it. I mean, with the basketball to staff today to to do a yeah. story with on this. So also one other game, a real, not an exhibition, real game. Women's soccer opens up at VCU on Thursday. On Thursday. So. Look at that. Here we Exciting go. stuff. Here we go. All Richmond, sports are here. here. Volleyball, they don't start yeah, until the end they're of the month, up, maybe. They're starting up real quick as well. Um, so. I think so, yeah. So we've got a lot. We've got a lot happening. It's, it's, it's time to get full speed. Uh, they're, they're building a new parking garage here. Saw that on the so way So the what parking is going to be very yeah. limited. So if I you know a, Emily Austin, she's spot. late every day. Yeah, I'm going to be parking. Emily's parking at Toys R Us. She might park at Barnes & Noble. For real. You might have to. Yeah, I the, might be parking yeah. on the She's going to be riding her little, her little bird scooter oh down, gosh, the, right. down Ward's Road. Oh, yeah, look for her. Yeah. Between that and I hear about that. There's been a shocking number of people that have come up to me since you told that story and have just said, you still making Emily Park at Barnes & Noble? Yeah. A shocking number of people. I don't know that. what was more embarrassing, that or whenever I worked at Sonic and ran over the little mints on my uh, my quad roller skates and dropped Route 44s all over oh, me in that's front of a beautiful. 16 year old. Oh. You used to roll rollerblades on the yeah. Sonic. Yeah. you get paid? Do you get paid more? Is that true? You pay more if you roller skate? I got paid more doing that job roller skating than I do here. <laughs> Wow. I don't know if that speaks more to Sonic or to, I don't know. I'm kidding. Yeah. I'm totally kidding. But the tips were very good. Yeah. Do, do um, you really work at the Sonic I, on yeah. roller skates? Yeah. They don't do Quads. that anymore. Not roller skates. No. Yes, yeah. roller skates, yes. not yes. blades. Yes, not blades. Yeah. Not yeah. Blades. And you tripped and threw a tray everywhere? Well, you know how, like, on Sonic, that you put wow. a mint on top right. of your drinks? Yeah. Well, people would just throw the mints outside the door. Well, when I'm, like, roller skating... I set a record at Sonic for delivering the most amount of food in a single day because of like how fast you were I moving on those. I could move. And then you threw it everywhere. But then you know the way the way the the blade <laughs> got caught yeah. inside the the wheel, and I just flew. I mean, I'm telling you, you Route 44, bad. Red Slurpee oh, everywhere. Yeah. You know what I used to do back in high school? I used to go to the movies with my buddies, right? Yeah. And they would double dog dare me. Nobody double dog dares Joey Yacht gets away with it. Okay, right? that's fair. Yeah, and that's good to they, remember. Would, they would yeah. double dog dare me to get a. <laughs> they'd buy me a large bucket of popcorn. Yeah. They'd wait to right when the movies get ready to start, right? And I'd come running down the aisle and I would yell, "Hey guys, make sure you save me a seat." And I'd do the fake trip and go, <laughs> and then and I would, throw. then I would throw the popcorn everywhere. That's hilarious. And then that lay on the ground. I yeah, flail around. Yeah, I'd flail around on the ground, and they're all over. Stop laughing at me, you jerks. Yeah. I, it was a classic, classic, um, classic prank. Joe has more stories. I guess he hung with the guys this weekend at the river, and oh, there were yeah, yeah, some yeah, fireworks involved. Yeah, we'll get to that yeah. in just a moment. But first, let's go to this conversation with Nesson Patriots reporter Zach Cox. We now welcome on the Flame Central podcast, powered by Alcova Mortgage, Zach Cox. He has been with Nesson covering the Patriots for the last seven years. We have plenty of questions for you today, Zach. We start with the hype train of Demario Douglas. We have people comparing him to some pretty, like, you know, big-time names in the NFL. The guy hasn't even played a regular season game. Um, you know, that one preseason game that he played, he had, what, two offensive snaps, one fair catch. What have you seen from Demario Douglas in some of these practices leading up to this uh, his rookie season? Yeah, I think that fact that you just mentioned is important to keep in mind. This guy has not played a real NFL game yet, but based on everything we've seen so far, he's been – 
very impressive. Uh, I think leading up to that first preseason game that the Patriots played last week, he was probably the single biggest star of training camp. Uh, he was making plays on a daily basis. He was seeing a lot of work uh, with Mac Jones and the Patriots' top offense. Uh, the teammates really seem to love him. The coaches seem to love him. Uh, and he's the, the skill set that he has is one that has been successful in New England for a long time. That kind of undersized, shifty slot receiver who can also return punts, can return kicks, can take some uh, kind of end-around reverse-type plays. Uh, it seems like there's really a lot that he can do, uh, and he certainly made a very strong impression so far. I think like a lot of Liberty folks that were keeping an eye on that preseason game, we see he doesn't get a lot of action, and you think, okay, maybe maybe we read too much into this. Maybe there was too much hype. But then afterwards, it seems like basically the message was, no, no, we're treating him like a starter. Is that the way kind of you understood it? And is there any history of a rookie being treated this way at the receiver position under Belichick in the past? It was very notable, the fact that he only played two snaps. It was yeah, two snaps on offense and one on special teams in this game. Uh, I can see you reading it as, oh, man, like, why didn't this guy get a lot of run? But especially in the first preseason game, that's a good thing for a young player like that. If you look at the players uh, who did not play in that game for the Patriots, it's Mac Jones, Juju Smith-Schuster, yeah. Matt Judon. It's basically all of their kind of starters and regular contributors on both sides of the ball. And almost all of those guys are veterans. Uh, even Christian Gonzalez, their first-round cornerback, uh, who is a projected starter for the Patriots, he played a, a, a decent amount in this game. So uh, the, the fact that Demario Douglas was kind of just a hair below those players, uh, I viewed that as a very good sign for him, uh, a sign that the Patriots have said, okay, we've, we've, seen a, we've seen what you can do. We know what you can do. We don't really need to evaluate you in this game. Let's give some snaps uh, to the guys lower on the depth chart that we need to take a longer look at. So, uh, again, still very early in the process, but he seems to be uh, pretty well established at this point. I, I would put him probably fourth on the Patriots wide receiver depth chart, uh, which is pretty remarkable for a uh, sixth-round rookie coming into a room with a lot of veterans. Yeah, I mean, as a, like, you know, covering DeMario the last few years here at Liberty, it's not like we're surprised, but it is, you know, like him going into his rookie season, he is undersized. So it's just exciting to hear that because it's not that I didn't think he was going to get any playing time at all, but it is cool to see that he's, um, you know, raising some eyebrows early. You called him a training camp sensation. We're talking to Zach Cox of Nesson. You can read his articles on Nesson.com. And in that um, recent article you wrote, you said his impressive route running, sure hands, and then you said unexpected physicality. Explain the reasoning for that. Yeah, that was interesting. I believe it was in their first or second padded practice. Uh, we saw some kind of wide receiver block drills uh they were simulating kind of a swing pass out behind a wide receiver and they had to go up against the cornerback and kind of try to lock him up as best they could uh and you guys know Mario Douglas he's not a big guy he's 5'8 I think 190 he's listed at so uh, what <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah that's, that's probably a little bit of a generous listing too uh but he held his own clearly in those blocking drills he was he had one of the more imp impressive reps uh, of any of the Patriots wide receivers and uh, we talked to one of their veteran defensive backs, Jabril Peppers, after practice, uh, and he said, yeah, for a little guy, I did not expect him to have as much strength and as much kind of toughness and physicality uh, as Douglas does. Uh, and you saw that in a couple of other instances uh, in training camp as well. So, uh, yeah, for a uh, 
the small package that that he is. <laughs> uh, he's definitely. It, it kind of brings me back to a, a quote that Dion Lewis, uh, former Patriots running back, used to say. He was a little guy too. I believe he was like five eight, five nine, and he used to say, "I'm small, but I'm not little." Mm. Uh, and I, that kind of uh, that same thing seems to be true for, uh, for Douglas. I feel like you t- always take a look at these things. You try to grasp the context that that you're seeing them in. Demario's popping it in, in training camp. What is that wide receiver room like? Is he does he look explosive because the Patriots lack a lot of that? Would you say it, like give me some context there, or has he just been that impressive? And, and th- th- there is some depth already there at that position. Uh, yeah, I think he's he's not going to open the season as the Patriots' number one receiver. He's not going to open the season most likely as a starting receiver. Uh, I think as of now, you've got Juju Smith-Schuster. Devontae Parker and Kendrick Bourne, three pretty established veterans at the top of that depth chart. But Douglas brings something that nobody else in that receiver room really has, just with his size, with his kind of quickness, with his underneath kind of route running ability. Uh, The Patriots have really leaned into larger wide receivers lately. Basically, everybody else that is even contention to be playing for this team is 6'1 or above. uh, And he's down at 5'8. So when you have that kind of change of pace in the receiver room. Uh, I think that provides some value there. Uh, Again, we'll see exactly where he slots in. Uh, I think if I had to predict it right now, I'd say he's a guy that maybe plays 10 or 12 snaps a game at the start of the season, Um, a little bit in the slot, maybe on some gadget plays, uh, maybe similar to the way that we saw the Patriots use Marcus Jones last season the cornerback who also played on offense also played in the kicking game uh it was interesting that douglas said he actually modeled part of his game after marcus jones before he even got to new england Mm. so i think you could see some similarities there it's probably going to be situational at least to start um but again the skill set that he has uh kind of fills a hole that nobody else uh, in this receiving core can, can really fill Zach Cox of Nesson, he's been covering the Patriots for the last seven years. You know, in some of the articles you're reading online of Demario Douglas, a sixth-round rookie out of, of course, Liberty, uh, you get Stephon Diggs, Antonio Brown. You know, you have, what did Hugh Free said that he, he thinks he of his route running the as— The top of his routes are better than anyone he's ever coached. Right. Yeah. So what would your comparison be? And then when are we going to just stop with the comparison and putting this <laughs> pressure on these young rookies? You know, because if he comes out there and, it, like, he doesn't meet these expectations, he's, like, assumed as a failure in the eyes of the media. So who would you—let's just, like, jump on, you know? Like you say, the, when will we stop the comparisons? Yeah. And then we and ask then you like, for like, hey, one. let's yeah. just continue it. Zach, who would you compare him to in your time covering the NFL? Uh, I mean, I think those comparisons are a little lofty at this point, just because, as you, as you mentioned, and as we've said several times, this is a six-round rookie who has not played in, a, in an <laughs> right. NFL game yet, basically. Uh, so I think to compare him to Antonio Brown, to compare him to Stephon Diggs is a little unfair at this point. Um, it, it's difficult to draw an exact comparison. I, I do go back to some of the, the slot receivers that the Patriots have had in the past between the Julian Edelman, the Wes Welker, that type of player. Uh, I don't think he maybe has the the same kind of elite, elite short area quickness that those guys have, or those guys had, but he is a, a very good route runner. He, he can work kind of the underneath portions of the field. Uh, we saw him in some one-on-one drills in training camp and he was just destroying people. He was, uh, I think he, he did he either had seven or eight reps uh, over the, the couple of practices we saw, and he won all of them. Uh, he's just 
he's really good at creating separation uh, and winning kind of in the underneath area. Uh, and again, can also be used uh, in multiple different ways. So uh, I hesitate to draw any specific comparison. <laughs> yeah. to him. Smart man. Uh, yeah. You're a very smart just, man. Yeah, that's, that's the kind of skill set he brings. Um, but yeah, if you're, if you're expecting him to kind of come out and be Stefan Diggs in week one, I think you're probably going to be disappointed. <laughs> last, last thing for me, and I know a lot of Liberty fans are, are probably going to be reading your stuff at Nesson now as they're following along to see how tomorrow's progressing. But you're talking about him as if it's a sure thing he's going to be on that 53-man roster. You see him as an absolute lock at this point. Two preseason games left. Like, could that still change, or do you feel like he's done enough already? I would call him a, a near lock at this point. I would be very surprised if he wasn't on the 53-man roster uh, when they finalize it next month or later this month, whatever that is. Just with between the way he's performed and the way he's being used and being treated, this seems like a guy who will be on the team, and he seems like a guy who the Patriots uh, view as part of their future plans. Uh, now, we have said the same thing about players in the past, and they've kind of faded and flopped over the, uh, the the final couple of weeks of the preseason. I don't think that's going to happen with him, um, unless he gets injured or he just kind of completely falls off a cliff. But I think this is going to be a player who will at the very least be on the Patriots roster in week one. and. He does look like a guy who can contribute for them early. Again, I don't know exactly what that role is going to look like. Uh, but, yeah, he seems to have pretty well solidified his spot on this team uh, as much as any sixth-round rookie who, who has yet to play in a real game yeah. uh, can. All right. Well, Flames Nation, you can follow Zach Cox on Twitter. It's Z-A-C-K-C-O-X-Nesson, N-E-S-N. You know, Zach, tell people just how difficult it is to cover Boston athletics. Because, I mean, there are spells where you go almost two straight seasons without a championship yeah, parade right. in Beantown, and it is just a drought that, you know, unless you live in Boston yeah. and cover Boston sports, you know, it, you just can't – you can't – Explain it, Matt. Yeah, Emily Matt, tells Matt us about it all the time. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> all my Boston gear in my office, you know, like tell tell them what it's, it's like to cover. It's a it's from a different the Celtics, animal. Yeah, Bruins, Patriots. Yeah. Well, it, it's a different animal, and it's something that I think some players can be surprised by when they get here as well, mm. because the expectations are basically just championships uh, across the board yeah. in, in all four sports at this point. If, if any season for Boston sports doesn't end in a, a trophy, then people are, people are angry and they're unhappy, which is why it's been really interesting to cover this exact kind of period of the Patriots. Cause they've gone four straight years without even winning a playoff game. They haven't mm. won a super bowl or they haven't won a playoff game since the last super bowl. They won uh, over the Rams back in 2019. So it's, uh, it's going to be a lot of pressure on them this season, certainly on bill Belichick and guys like Mac Jones, uh, what, but the eyeballs are still there. It's still wildly popular around here. So there's still going to be uh, uh, quite a few people paying attention to, uh, to whatever DeMario Douglas does this year. Okay, before we let you go, favorite moment so far covering Boston sports in your career? Oh, favorite moment? I mean, my first year covering the Patriots was 2016, uh, which ended in the, the Falcons Super Bowl, the 28-3 yeah. comeback. Uh, I was at that game. That was the first Super Bowl I covered, and I set the bar pretty high, no pretty early. I think. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. I don't know if anything going to uh, going to surpass that? But uh, I mean, I was really fortunate. My first three years on the Patriots beat. They 
won two Super Bowls and played in another. So I got to cover mm. a lot of big games. Got to rough, play a lot of rough start big yeah. moments. Yeah, yeah. I, I got to. Uh, <laughs> I was on the, the media duck boat for a uh, for a parade that goes after the Rams Super Bowl. That was uh, an interesting experience. Uh, and then yeah, that uh, the team success hasn't really been there in the last couple of years. But, uh, but yeah, definitely got uh, got to cover some some big time games in those first few seasons. Awesome, Zach. Th thanks so much for your time. I've already yeah. told Matt whenever we are coming up to see Demario, I get dibs on coming back right. to Beantown. So we'll definitely <laughs> keep in touch with you throughout the season. Appreciate thanks again Zach. for your time. Uh, absolutely. Thanks, guys. See you. All right, all right, here we go, here we go. Not only am I on the duck boat tour with Demario Douglas and this yeah, hype train, yeah. personalize. Wow, I mean, throw, personalize. The, throw, hey, throw the double thumbs at it. Austin. Throw the yeah. double thumbs Austin, at it. Austin, but I need to get my number changed. What's Demario? 81? 60. Well, he'd been 60, <laughs> but I think it was 81. I think, he's I think it's the new number that they, that they put Here out. we yeah. go, yeah. Patriots, baby. Let's go to, uh, well, we need to all go up to Boston when they win the Super Bowl. I'm not saying they are this year. But. Okay, yeah, let's just pump the brakes a little bit. The hype train is off the track. I know, it is way off the tracks, just like this podcast. Uh, the Flame Center Podcast, powered by Alcova Mortgage. What a great interview yeah, with Zach Cox. I mean, so great so with his uh, I mean, inside info. To, so give so it a basically, he thinks he's a lock for the 53-man. Which, you know, as a sixth round pick, that's no sure thing. He was also one of a couple of receivers that they drafted. And he has him, he thinks he's the fourth, in terms of the depth chart, fourth receiver on their roster. That's big time. That that's is big time. time. That's, that's getting reps. Time. Yeah. That's not just special teams. Right. That's getting reps. Right. I mean, if you're if you're if you're the fourth guy, you're, you know, because there's so many different packages that NFL teams run, right? With with group receiver groups. Yeah. So I'm sure he's gonna be in a wide variety of those things. Uh, and then, obviously, it would be interesting to see if they use them in special teams. Mm -hmm. 50, it's to understand, 53-man roster is not a big roster, so a lot of those guys are backups. Or they're getting 10, 12, 15 plays a game. They're also playing special teams, yeah. doing stuff there also. So uh, it, it's been it's been cool to watch the clips yeah. of him, <laughs> right? Because shredding some people. you really see, like, who it, it was Troy Brown, right, is the wide receivers yeah. coach there and, you know, who's a former Patriots receiver, yeah. a great player. Uh, you can see how much he's improved in his route running mm -hmm. and the way that he's committing to the different type of routes, different type of moves within his route running. And he's he's putting on some of this. The, you obviously, we're just getting the little clips of it. Right. But he's doing something right because he's not just getting open. He's getting wide yeah. open. Yeah. So that that's really exciting. Just good to see him, to see how much drastically he's improved in his route running, route running in such a short period of time. Which we talked about, yeah. which is one of the things that Hugh Freeze thought was the most impressive thing about his yeah. game. We've talked about this before and asked you this before, Joe, but what do you think um, is the quality that he has that makes him – the, the ability for him to get yeah. so wide open with his size and, and yeah. you know, that underrated um, yeah. viewpoint as a little receiver. You know, the, the thing that he does, there's a saying when you, when you play wide receiver, coach wide receiver, is that momentum, momentum equals separation. And you're always a receiver. You're always trying to create separation. So the way to create separation as a receiver is you're taking that defense's that defensive back's momentum mm -hmm. and putting his momentum in, in the opposite direction, direction yeah. of where you want to go. And I think that is probably for separation is the greatest quality that you can have. Like some guys can just are just flat out faster and guy. They create separation by just running by right. people, right? But when you get to the NFL, there ain't many of those guys, yeah, right. right? So the 98.5, 6% of them have to be able to create the momentum to get the separation. And I think that is what his strength is, is that yeah. he's so twitchy. 
right? And he's so he's so fast in and out of breaks that he gets your momentum going one direction, and then he's back the other direction yeah. before you even have a chance to recover. That's the one highlight so I saw where it's, it's like the DB's like yeah. looking over here, and he's yeah. gone. And he's gone. catching the touchdown yeah. five yards over there. So when he does, when he says momentum equals separation, it 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 happens fast. You don't need he doesn't need the DB a lot of momentum going one direction because yeah. he separates so quick the other way. I think. We, you know, you always wanted a small receiver, right? Mm -hmm. Of course, that was why he was in the sixth round. If he was a six-one, he would have been doing the same right, stuff. He'd have been right. much higher. So you want like, oh boy, small receiver physicality, the NFL. Well, if they're not laying a hand on you, you know, yeah, if you have the right. quickness yeah. to kind of avoid that physicality, you've got a chance. And he certainly has that kind of quickness. But so much of that has to do with like, and, and he's, you see, I mean, I've talked to my brother about this, who's been a scout in the NFL for twenty plus years. Is that his? He's, you see so few small receivers like that. Mm -hmm. Everybody always points out he's the next Daniel Dell. He's yeah. the next Wes you know, Welker. Welker. Yeah. He's the next blah blah. But there isn't many guys like that that make it through because you have to be on a team that is willing to accept that. Yeah. Right. And a lot of these teams look around. They're like, listen, if I got a guy who's five eight five nine, I can take a guy who's six two. Right? Am I really gonna mess around with the guys five eight five nine? Right? right. So that not very few of those guys make it. Except there are a few number of teams that say we want that. Yeah. We're looking for that guy. The the hard part is being that guy. Yeah. And so I think that's that's the good thing that he's got going for him, is if he's showing that he can be that guy. New England's the kind of team that historically has shown they commit. To that type of guy, yeah. which could be which could be in store for a great career for yeah. him. It's yeah. exciting. So when we were, I was watching the preseason game against Houston, and he's like, you know, back there taking the punt, and I'm like, fair catch, fair catch, Demario Douglas. When have you well, ever done that laugh, at Liberty? We yeah, would laugh every little... week about like yeah. most courageous punt return yeah. in America. And I'm like, I'm like yeah. watching the ball come down, yeah, and that's... I'm like, oh, he's going, and then he does fair catch. I'm like, what? Mario, yeah, well, you've yeah. changed. You've changed. Hey, want to mention too, Malik Willis, obviously, oh, yes. uh, in his preseason debut, got the start for the Titans, 16 he's, of he's 25. Some. Yep, yep, 189 yards. Oh, he did throw the pick. He did well, run in. 16 of 25? That's the numbers here. Let me that check that out because right. that sounds like way that more than. Too much. Yeah, I think all, uh, Google may have had that one wrong. So well, let me Matt double check that. Up. Um, Teron Davenport, the ESPN Titans reporter, was supposed to come on with us today. Practice got shifted a little bit, so we will have him on in the future to give us um, a little bit more. Insight on Malik yeah, Willis and what We've he's been to doing. Him before. Yep. So you might remember him. Um, also, little quick Boston story for oh, you. Oh, Which oh, Demario, hit me up. Jeez. I got you yeah, on 16, all the good restaurants. Sixteen to twenty-five. Boston. Buck eighty-nine. Wow. Yeah. Really? Yeah. That's a yeah, that's, that's, a, solid, that's a lot. Through of the pick, he did run in uh, a short touchdown. Yeah. Uh, but you know, you look at like what, what Levis did behind him. Levis wasn't very good. So hopefully he he can lock in that number two spot behind Love Tannehill. It. There's well, some good restaurants in the North End tomorrow. Oh if you need some insight, hook it up. Well, yeah, you know I my, guess like those are all Italian yeah. restaurants. You, you know what my favorite Kenny Chesney song is? Hmm. Boston. It's a great song. Okay. <laughs> couldn't well, have. Couldn't. No, that's the shortest story we've no, ever got. No, well, I, you know, I got a little interrupted. <laughs> I got a good Boston story. <laughs> Go ahead. Okay, so I'm good friends. Just stop, Matthew. <laughs> Just let me tell the oh, story. The, the little the bickering before yeah, the God. league Matthew, starts tonight. Just it's, stop. Tomorrow. It's tomorrow. Yeah. tomorrow. Just stop. Sorry. It's a good story. Yeah. It's a good story. So I went to high school with Jess Hatch, right? Jess Hatch's dad was Orrin Hatch, okay. who was the center from Utah. So Jess and I grew up together, played basketball together, but ran around all through middle school, high school, everything. Jess goes on to marry a woman by the name of Mary Alice Marriott. 
And when I say that last name, I yes. say that last name correctly, if you know what I mean. Yes. They end up moving to Boston, okay? So my kids are all grown up, and they're huge LeBron James fans at the time, yeah. right? So Jared and Ben, my two, yeah. my two older boys. Mm. And, and, so, and so Boston's playing Cleveland in the NBA Finals, and they're like, oh, it'd be my well, dream. Well, Boston wouldn't play Cleveland in the NBA Finals. Yes, they would. They're in the, that, in the frozen the east. No, no, Miami. Oh. Uh, no, no, that's no. east too. Yeah, that's all. Who was the finals? That would have been the Eastern Eastern Conference Finals. Yeah. Was yeah. Where was LeBron <laughs> else? Where was LeBron at? No, that's pretty much it. That's yeah. it. Okay, it must have been the Eastern the Conference. Lakers. Uh, yeah. That doesn't make sense. Anyways, must have been. Was this a dream? No, it wasn't a dream. It's a true story. It's a true story. Our <laughs> okay. pictures to prove it. Okay. Pictures prove it. So it's a it's a Eastern Conference, Eastern Conference Finals. Yeah. yeah. Sure. Okay? Yeah, that's right. It's gotta be Eastern Conference. Yeah. So it's Eastern Conference Finals. Stop it. And so I call, they're like, oh, I want to really want to go see LeBron play, blah, 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 blah my, my dream. At some point in my life, I get to do it. We're literally in my kitchen. I pick up my phone. I call up Jess Hatch. I don't know I'm doing this. I pick up my phone, call Jess Hatch. I'm like, Jess, I know this is crazy, but anyway, you get tickets to the, uh, to the uh, Boston uh, Miami Heat, whoever it was, game. It was Cleveland, but anyways, it was Cleveland. And They're so, both in the I know East. that. It was the East. We've, okay. we've determined it's okay. now the Eastern Final. You're just like looking at we, me we, like we, I'm... We, we've, uh, we've, we've determined it's wow. now the Eastern Final. Okay. Okay. So, okay. so he... I'm sure keep... it was LeBron. It was LeBron. Okay. Okay. Matt, this is why I have to keep my Boston Shore store because I have to give all the time to Joe. You guys are wasting a lot of time by yeah. side, <laughs> side bickering. <laughs> this is a good story. I'm waiting for it. So we call... So I call Jess. Jess is like, oh yeah, hold on one sec. Yeah. Right? He sends me back a picture of two tickets. He's like, here you go, done. I'm like, what? So I'm like, all right, kids. So they jump in the car. It's like the next day. Jump in the car, drive to Boston. And they get to Boston. Well, they meet Jess. Well, they go into the place, and they're sitting like six rows up center court. And I'm like, what the heck? They send me pictures. Jess Hatch is good friends with Danny Ainge. <laughs> Nice. Danny Ainge was Danny. out. Of, Danny Ainge was out of town, and he was like, "Yeah, here, take these two tickets." So the picture I've got is Jared sitting on the sixth row. Yeah. Danny Ainge's tickets, and right in front of him, like where where the Yacht Talk mug is, the seat yeah. right in front is Adam Silver. Mm. Let's go. Just a commissioner, yeah. just hanging out watching the ball game. Yeah. But Jess was like, "Dude." You can't be putting on this LeBron James stuff. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> He's like, don't be showing up cheering for Cleveland. Yeah. So they had to wear Boston jerseys. They had to put the whole dog and pony show on like they're supposed to be cheering for Undercover. Boston. I hope Jess never watches this. Right. <laughs> I think we're safe. Or Danny. I mean, he wouldn't have lasted that through Danny, that story. Danny, Danny, Danny. Yeah. yeah, he wouldn't yeah. have made it. Is, he, is Danny still at Utah? Uh, was so. he with yeah. you? Yeah. I love him. Good Some guy. argue that Danny Ainge is the greatest athlete of all time. Play big league baseball. Greatest athlete of all time. I've, I heard that and I was like, what are you talking about? Then I listened to the argument why. It was phenomenal. Yeah. That dude was an incredible athlete. Yeah. In my three years in Boston, I went to two championship parades. Find me a better city to live in when it comes to championships in Boston. I'll wait. <laughs> um, anything else we got before we let everyone go? That was it? That was it. Hey, I do want to say uh, we, got. we got a couple of, of questions. Uh, one asking about uh, the stadium, football stadium. Like, uh, are we adding on, adding seating? I would say there's nothing uh, imminent in that that, I, that I've oh, heard. Let's just know. fill it up every week, and yeah. then we'll worry about that. Right. Yeah. Another one we got from our friend Jenny, who we sent a mug to that broke, and then we sent another one Did to you that, that made it there safely. They made it? Oh, my gosh. She was in town dropping off her kid here at Liberty. They went to eat some ice cream. And she said they parked and they looked out their window 
and there was Alco they were parked in front of Alcova. They got out. Oh yeah, yeah. Al at Alcova yeah. Mortgage and yeah. took pictures. Outside the cone. They took pictures. <laughs> in front the of the Alcova the Mortgage. <laughs> they took yes. pictures in front of Alcova. They loved it so much. I said there was no chance Joe was probably in the office. He's yeah. out grinding. He's, out he's, out, he's a man he's of the, the people. Yeah, he's, he's, the not, he's not a behind Kiss, the desk guy. Kissing hands and shaking That's right. babies. That's yeah. right. Yeah. That's what he's doing. So, so yeah. So, so Jenny, if cool. you want to move closer to your daughter yeah, and yeah, you're right. looking for a home, Joe, call Joe Yock. Go to the Google right. Mach right. machine, J-A-U-C-H. Yeah. And I'll even take you down outside the cone. It's oh, like it's like 25 yards from my office. He'll buy anyone that wants to buy a home here in Lynchburg. and you Free outside the cone. Free outside the cone. Free outside the cone. Who's beating that off? You can't beat that. That no can't one. be that offer. No one. Really excited to see. Well, I don't know if Damar is going to be playing much um, in these last two preseason games, but as well as Malik Willis. Um, so we'll keep you in the loop with all of mm -hmm. that. Fall camp continuing this week. Really got to do our homework on some yeah. of you know this, these Next Liberty players. Next week's podcast, we are going to bring the heat on this Liberty. We're bringing. Yeah, it's we'll bring. it's, we got, it's we got taking more, too long. More scoops, we're going to dive in. More scoops than the O line at the Coldstone Creamery. Or outside the cone. Of or the or outside the machine. cone. I tell you, outside See, the cone. You just never. Like, outside the cone is the best ice cream in town. I actually haven't close. been. Little You're Reese, little Reese, ten year old little Reese. They make their ice cream right there, really? in that little place. It's unbelievable. <laughs> the, All right, well, can we hurry? We need a. Powered like, by did they the sponsor somehow? Yeah, this uh, talk to them, Joe. And yeah, they should. And yeah. we'll have um, you know updates on the JPL and, and game you know game one with that. Might could uh, be a long next season. week. So it, it let me tell you one more be. funny story. Okay. Oh boy, hurry up! And then you so go. we go on a Shenandoah River father son trip, right? Ben and I. This are, past weekend. This past weekend. So we're going. We're down. We're floating down the river, right? This is low. It's so shallow. It's August, and Ben and I. Our, we're in a two-man kayak, and we're bottom out every 20 feet. Yeah. It's awful, awful. Awful. Yeah, we're, too many we're, ice cream. Yeah, yeah. Too much well, you know, I, mean, I like to visit outside the country. Yeah, I know. You. Okay, and so we're bottom out, bottom out. And this is a long float, long float. And we're exhausted about – it's probably a five-hour float. We're exhausted about two hours in. We're just grinding, right? So finally, we're like, no, enough's enough. So we take the kayak. We get out of the thing. We pull the kayak over on the bank somewhere. And we start, we got our fishing poles in our hands and we hike. We just hike our way all the way up to the highway. So I hike up the highway and I got my thumb out <laughs> and I'm hitchhiking down the highway. Ben, Ben's just sitting there waiting. I'm hitchhiking. Come on, we're going to get a ride. And we're hitchhiking. We got your ride. And I'm like, yeah, nobody's stopping. It's 2023. Right. Back stopped? in the right. 80s, we yeah. Yeah. You've been there. You feet under. Yeah. Oh, no, no, nobody's dying. We're just trying to jump in the yeah. back of a pickup yeah. truck. Give us a ride three miles down the road. Nobody will stop. This, what's wrong with people? Yeah. Yeah. So finally, I walk all, all the way up this, this big hill, yeah. about 400 yards away, knock on this guy's front door, and he comes out, and he's a good old boy. Yeah. He's a good boy. His name is Troy. He said, he said I bet you boys looking for a ride, ain't you? <laughs> I said, yes, sir, we are. And hey, Troy pulls his truck yeah. down. Former deputy sheriff, oh. retired deputy sheriff. And he drives us all the way back to our place. Yeah. And he looks at my buddy's house. He said, oh, yeah, I know that old house. He bought that from the old postal man just down the road uh -huh. here. I said, okay. I said, thank you, Troy. Talked to fishing poles, yeah. got in there, went in the river, hung out. We had a little thing. We set up there. And then everybody came floating in about an hour later. Yeah. And they're like, how did you beat us here? Yeah. So what happened in the kayak? The kayak? <laughs> oh, no, we went back and got it. Okay. All right. That was yeah. unlike. Okay. Yeah, yeah we strapped um, okay. this. This was moments after Joe sent Matt and I a video of somebody with, with fireworks Roman shooting off of their yeah. to his um, yeah. Yeah. helmet. So yeah. this, as we were hitchhiking down the road. So maybe you and Jack I, can make the yeah. trip next as year. As we are hitchhiking down the road, trip. I looked yeah. over at Ben, and, and I'm hitchhiking and, like, soaking wet, just a T-shirt, holding my fishing pole. 
And I said to him, you know, in like three weeks now, I'm going to be on ESPN. That's right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, maybe this is the training. When, yeah. re remember when Joe was supposed to run the mile? Yeah. yeah that's, that's... That never happened. Um, thanks so much for listening. I'm sorry we had to drag out the last 20 minutes of we this. We will not for absolutely have no anyone reason. from Boston on ever again. Um, yes, Boston. She's we are going to Boston. Boston. Um, for Joe and Matt, I'm Emily. We'll see you next week.